As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hello everybody and welcome to your favorite, I guess, fantasy football show in the whole wide world. It's the Chris Vaccaro Show. It's the Wednesday edition of the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast brought to you by Visa. Shout out to Visa. Thank you, Visa. Hey Chris, how are you? Nando, my friend, uh, I am doing well. And uh, three weeks in the books. We're heading into week four now. And uh, loving every second of this season so far. Mostly. Mainly. Mainly. Just you and me today. Uh, Brandon Marion Lee is off. So let's keep this tight. No no going off the tracks, please. Yeah. Take your own advice, buddy. Maybe take the show seriously for a change? Eh, I don't know about that. All right. Let's, all right. <laughs> well, you sent me some rundown items and I refused them all because they're boring. Yes. Um, so mm-hmm. I want to start with Marlon Mack, as we texted about, and then you yes. use some expletives. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. Where do, you, where do you think he's going to go? And what's his value? <laughs> uh, to the listeners, I just said, don't you listen? What are you going to do? Speculate on Marlon Mack's landing spot for like ten minutes of the show, Nando? Don't do that at the beginning. So here it is. Of I course. All right. I want. Yeah. I actually wanted to start with another running back though, Peyton Barber, um, because mm-hmm. you you would, that was one of your requests in your text messages. Um, but I like I kind of view Peyton, and I find. I found it very interesting because you have a much more strategic mind, I think, than I do, and you have a little more nuance with your thoughts and, and how you want to play this game. I see Peyton Barber as just a guy who's going to have an impact until Josh Jacobs comes back in like a week or two. Uh-huh. Um, but you want to talk about him, and I assume that you're like, don't worry about this one week or two thing. Get him now while you can and get those points. I'm no, guessing. absolutely not. No, right. Right. you're reading that wrong as usual. Uh, I wanted to bring him up because... <laughs> the DVR made me say that. Yeah, I'm sure. No, the reason why I wanted to bring him up, because, you know, the whole fantasy industry, when his name comes up, Peyton Barber, that is, uh, everybody's sour on him. And they were sour on him going into this past week as a pickup. And in a lot of leagues, I see he still remains on the waiver wire. But in today's running back landscape, 
you can't ignore someone getting 23 carries. And you know what? Gruden is obsessed with him. He went to him, uh, you know, over and over and over again. He looked pretty good doing it. So, you know, do we know for sure that Josh Jacobs is coming back this week? He's got a turf toe injury. It's pretty clear to see that when you were watching the game two weeks ago and Josh Jacobs is keeps limping off the field, looking down at his cleats, looking down at his foot. Uh, you know, the turf toe rumblings have happened. You don't know if this lingers more and more. Maybe Josh Jacobs actually comes back in a, in a, a week or two, hurries back because he's like, wow, I'm going to be really losing my grip on this backfield if I don't hurry back and then re-injures himself again. And maybe you're getting a Peyton Barber on the cheap that everybody hates. But if you're going to take a running back off of the waiver wire right now, that's getting 15 to 20 touches a week. And you know what? He caught three balls for 31 yards. Uh, Hey, it's something that you have to block out the noise and maybe bid on him a little bit. Throw him on the back end of your bench. There's worse you can do in the leagues that I see than Peyton Barber uh, off the waiver wire. You know, you said... uh... Two things actually that caught my attention. First was like obviously I know John Gruden's the head coach, but I forgot like until just now, you know, like I associate Peyton Barber with Tampa Bay, and John Gruden was you know like always he's like that high like that high schooler who graduated and still comes back to the cafeteria when he's like a sophomore in college, you know, like he was loving Tampa Bay for those years when Peyton Barber was kind of like starting out. So maybe there is something there. The second thing was Antonio Gibson got destroyed by turf toe last year. Like we have a very recent example of a frustrating running back with turf toe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a debilitating injury, for, especially for a running back. And that's why I see the, you know, the, the pushback on Peyton Barber. And, you know, it mostly includes, all right, well, A, he's garbage. He's not a good running back. But, you know, again, 23 carries. And on the flip side, he might not be coming back, Josh Jacobs. So, uh, you know, there's a chance of re-injury. So it's a double-edged sword here. All right, so, uh, you know, a lot of people, as we learned on the show, had their waiver wires. Uh, Mm -hmm. Some people like you have them tonight. Um, Is Peyton Barber, he's not your number one. I mean. No, I'm not saying, listen, this isn't to go out, blow your fat budget on Peyton Barber. This is a just block out the noise and. Well, you don't have to. That's the whole point, right? Like you don't have to blow your budget. Yeah, just throw it on and see what the story is. You know, we have, uh, unfortunately, it's a Monday night game here. If we get word early and, you know, maybe over the weekend that Jacobs is going to miss another game. It's a really nice matchup. People are running all over the Chargers. And, uh, you know, we have injuries. We have other running backs that are uh, underperforming. Maybe you're a little, you know, running back needy, like a lot of teams are. And you can use him as an RB2 or a flex play Monday night versus the Chargers in what should be a high-scoring game. You know, all right. Uh, it's not that bad of a move is, is all I'm saying. I know. I understand. You're so basically how I set you up for the question was what you were going to say. You just said no to be difficult. Sure. Yeah. All right. Uh, I want to talk about the Lions. I know they weren't on your request sheet, but I like this. Seems like a Christopher Caro team that you would kind of be all over as a value hunter, um, or maybe it's too deep. I don't know. Like I want to talk. The running back situation is interesting to me. Jared Goff is interesting to me. Oh uh, God. T.J. Hawkinson. I think I know what you have. Well, I mean, not like interesting to me. Like I want to pick him up. I mean. Interesting to me in that they're kind of, it's a total enigma. Like, is Jared Goff good? Is he fitting this system? Like, is is that running back, backfield, can that carry two, like, an RB2 and a flex? Like, 
Can you, yes, can you it see can. Swift? Uh, right? It's it's more than an, it's more than an RB two and a flex. Uh, you know, DeAndre Swift is an RB one. Uh, he's a top 12 running back in PPR. Uh, he is someone you just set and forget every week. Will there be some off weeks like we saw in week two? Sure. But this team is always going to be trailing. They're, you know, they're a feisty team, but the way they use him, he's getting about around 60% of the snaps. Um, you know, he's a PPR machine and, you know, what else can you ask for? Out of Swift, you have to be loving taking him uh, off the draft board this pa- uh, this uh, draft season, uh, where you probably took him in the fourth or fifth round, and you know he's your RB two, and he's putting up RB one numbers. So he's a set it and forget it type of running back, and you just keep keep hoping you see the weeks like he just had this past week. Jamal Williams, uh, another serviceable serviceable running back, uh, more of a flex play, back end RB two. His percentage of snaps uh, and playing time seems to be dipping a little bit. But if you're a DeAndre Swift owner, this is what you wanted to see or expected to see. You know, maybe like a 60-40 Swift, uh, uh, you know, timeshare with Swift in Swift's favor. Uh, other than that, we wanted to push TJ Hawkinson, the whole fantasy community. We wanted to put Hawkinson up in that tier of pushing the Darren Wallers and Kelseys of the world to maybe where he can join that elite three uh, after the first two weeks of what we saw from Hawkinson. But we have to slow our roll, pump our brakes a, a little bit after this week three performance. Um, he bombed on us, but he's not Travis Kelsey. There's only one Travis Kelsey. And, you know, I expect top five season from TJ Hawkinson still. But, you know, Travis Kelsey doesn't give two for tens. You know what I mean? Uh, and Hawkinson did. So little, you know, we, we have to pump the brakes on, on Hawkinson. You know what I find interesting in, in retrospect, you know, with Anthony Lynn as the offensive coordinator, and you look what he did in, in San Diego, Los Angeles with, with the Chargers. Um, he did have an offense that had value for two running backs at the same time. Um, you know, it's and, and I mean, he had Hunter Henry, who was a very good tight end. And I, I guess Hunter Henry did have those little bomb games. I mean, he was hurt, but he had those. I mean, it's it's almost like he's recreated. It's like we've seen a preview of that, you know. And the only thing that's missing really is a wide receiver. Um is there value? There's no, there's no value at the wide receiver position. Um, Isn't that I was weird? Hoping, like, there's not one. Like, there's got to be. Uh, one. Well, I mean, I, I think myself as well as the high stakes community went in on Quintez Cephas, and, and you know, after what we saw in the Green Bay game two weeks ago on Monday Night Football, yeah. he looked like all right. He can emerge as the top target on top of looking like he was going to be the top target at the wide receiver position for the Lions. Um, you know, they go and put. Tyrell Williams on IR. Yeah. So now it's like, all right, well, what's he dealing with? You, you know, he goes on IR with the concussion, but maybe this is a lingering issue for Tyrell Williams that it's going to keep him out of, you know, uh, an extended amount of time, even past the three weeks of IR. So I think we all expected it to be Cephas, but it's just none of these guys are safe enough. The Khalif Raymond, you know, everybody was high on Amon St. Brown coming into the season, drafting him in those 15th through 17th rounds, hoping for that little, you know, PPR monster type kid, uh, hoping he would emerge in this offense. But it's going to be different guys every week. It's kind of going to be scattered all around, you know, two, three catches to all these guys. Uh, Hawkinson and Swift are the two guys you want, the two guys on this team that you could put out there in your starting lineup, and that's it for me personally. And forget about your Jared Goff. Don't bring up Jared Goff because he's garbage. 
it's you wouldn't be surprised if DeAndre Swift got nine targets and Jamal Williams got six any given week, and that's basically taking fifteen away from the receivers. Not really fifteen. I mean, you assume they're going to have some, so maybe it's taking like seven away from the receivers. Yeah, it's a dink and dunk. It's a dink and dunk offense, and and, you know, like I said, they're going to be trailing a ton, and they're going to be dropping it off to their running backs on screen plays and and and, and involving Hawkinson as well. They got Kaderil Hodge there who I liked a little bit last year in Cleveland. I think we talked about him on last year's shows. I really do like Khalif Raymond. I know you, you don't allow me to talk about him on the show, but... No, um, I mean, listen, he can emerge. He had 10 targets last week. He had 75% of the snaps. Mm-hmm. I think he's a different kind. He's not your typical wide receiver one. Um, I always had him pegged as more like Sean Jackson, kind of, you know, bomb threat. Like maybe Brandon Cooksey. Well, Brandon Cooks is getting a lot of targets too, but... Brandon Cooks is just an amazing value in in the draft season this past year where he was going eighth, ninth round. He's a target monster. He's really all they have in Houston right now, and we've just seen big game after big game. And when you drafted him as a wide receiver three or four on your fantasy team, and he's producing wide receiver fantasy one numbers, Cooks is one of the top five biggest values and best draft picks of this season. Let me ask you a strategy question then off of that. Um, you have Cooks, you just being like any player. Uh, and as your wide receiver four, and say you did a pretty good job of your other three wide receivers, is this a point where you're like, I've got an extra receiver I should trade for? I might not need it. You know, I might not be rocked by injury, but I have this extra thing. And this piece of value isn't even coming close to cracking my starting lineup. Should I try and make some kind of deal? Well, I, I mean, you got to give me more context than that, as usual, Nando. You, you, oh, no, it, not really. Are I mean, we, is this a three-receiver con- league? Is it a two-receiver league? Is it Could we play three receivers and a flex? Because you don't take away from your value. Yeah, And I know we're talking about well, what if you're never going to start them, though? Just say you're never – or you're never going to start You're always going to start. You're always going to start because there's bye weeks, there's injuries, and you don't want to take away. Now, if you're telling me that you have a team in front of you with four really good receivers and Cooks is your solid wide receiver four, which, I mean – hypothetically playing into your question, but right. you're desperate at RB2. You don't have a good RB2 on your roster. That's when you make the trade. But if you are solid all the way around, you have two good running backs, your quarterback is solid, and four good receivers, you don't go to look and trade away a strength of yours. You say put, and this is what becomes a monster season for you. That's how you play the game. So you don't feel like that's being wasted just on your bench sitting there every week? No, because there's always injuries. You see it every week. Uh, people go down. And when you could go to your bench in trading leagues and home leagues and look and you're like, all right, I'm covered there. If one of my top three receivers go down and, and then you can also play the matchups, right? Uh, every week you might have out of these four guys, three of them are looking great, but one of them is going to the play to Rams and, and going to be seeing a lot of Jalen Ramsey coverage. Well, that's the guy you sit out that week. So you can always rotate. Like that. You don't take away from your strength and go from four receivers or an IR, four great receivers, so let me just get rid of one of them. Uh, and then one of your other three goes down, and now you're left like, oh, man, I could have had that really strong number four. So I- so let me tell you, that here's my situation, right? I got uh, This is a, a two-wide receiver league with a super flex. Um, I've got Devontae Adams, <clears throat> I've got Keenan Allen, and I've got Terry McLaurin and Debo mm-hmm. Samuel. So I got four great receivers, but I can only start two of them every week because my super flex is going to be, you know, last week it was Daniel Jones. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And even if it wasn't, yeah, yeah, if it wasn't, you know, I put McLaurin in there and I'd still have Debo Samuel. You know what I mean? Like, 
Well, now, now that's a completely different situation right there where now not only are you three deep in a two wide receiver set, in a two wide receiver league, you're four deep. So now that's when you're trying to move the number four. You know, you're keeping Adams, you're keeping Keenan and you're keeping Terry. You know, Debo, you got to trade at his high. You should have been trying to move him last week. I was. No one wants to high. trade. No one wants to trade this early. Yeah. And your running backs are like what? Marlon Mack and uh, what? Gio Bernard, something go like ahead. that. What is it? <laughs> no, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Keep going. Demeric <laughs> Felton. It's, uh, yeah, look, all I'm saying is every week it kills me having Terry McLaurin on my bench and there's nothing I can do about it. So, you know, just the way you mentioned Brandon Cooks, and I know a lot of people picked him late and they might just have him sitting on their bench being like, here's this value that's just wasting away. No, I understand. And before we move on to another topic, uh, I just want to say that's a weird league. Two wide receiver league and it's a, it's a, a super flex. So you have a, you know, a, a second quarterback always in your flex spot and you're only starting two wide receivers. That's very strange. But let's move on. No, well, you know what it is? It's my home league that we've had since like 94. Well, wh- why don't you use all man up and put a third wide receiver spot in and and go from there? Because two wide receiver spots, I mean, that's sad. I'll have you record an audio message and then we can send it to the league after. All right. Well, I'm sure they'll listen. Sorry to league shame you and your friends, but two wide receiver league, come on. Grow up now with big boys. You know what's crazy? Mm-hmm. I suck at my home leagues. I, I think it's part of the reason is this: like I've, I just can't operate in a league that's very shallow. You know, <laughs> I, like I, same for baseball. You suck in your home leagues, but wait, where where are you shining then? I'm great in my high stakes leagues. Oh, all right, okay. I see you killing it. I do. I see you killing it on the leaderboards. You want to talk about our <laughs> shared baseball team? Now this is a football show. Let's go. Are right. right, you sure? Yep. All right, fine. Uh, also, just want to throw in that Chris Burke and Brandon Howard, they wrote some really nice things about Cleef Raymond. You can go find them on the site. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Um, hey, tonight's Vaccaro edit night. What are you going to write about? Khalif Raymond? Uh, I'm going to touch on as many topics as possible as usual, Nando. All right. Make sure everyone check that out. <laughs> uh, let's talk about the Bills. This is, this is rapid fire with Chris Vaccaro. Feel yep. free to you know talk about what you're watching on TV or anything if you want. You want to pop in? No? Uh, the Bills. I think we should talk Zach Moss. Um Hard guy to, to figure out in terms of value, at least I think. It's like, can you ignore that week one inactive and be like, oh, well, they want to braid it for the speed? Or was that something that might pop up again? He's had a couple good weeks. You know, he looks like he's going to be involved in the game. And if so, like, was week one maybe just like, did they discipline him and not say anything about it? Like, what what do you do when you're looking at Zach Moss? 
Uh, yeah, he's he's somebody that everybody was dropping after week one and everybody fought, fell out of favor for. It looked like Singletary was going to be the lead back. And now in the last couple of weeks, it's starting to slowly turn around. And in that game in Miami, I guess it was more than a, just a late, um, you know, late in the game mirage of him getting in the end zone a couple of times. And now it's starting to turn into Zach Moss's backfield again, which is, you know, that's where he was going on the draft board. He was going ahead of Singletary in drafts uh, last month. Uh, I would be trying to buy Zach Moss for sure, but, uh, you know, the, the run game in Buffalo here is just, uh, sprinkled in. It's, it's a huge pass game. I think that the, uh, you know, everybody that was trying to panic a little bit for the first couple of weeks with Josh Allen, uh, can come back off the plank now after what he did last year. I think he takes off, off and running in this game, in this, um, in this offense, yet again, goes on to have a, probably an MVP season or contends for the MVP, Josh Allen. But Emmanuel Sanders and Cole Beasley, two guys that became just huge values on the board. And I really think that this offense is going to be able to support three top 30 wide receivers. You know, Diggs is off to a little bit of a slow start. There's nothing to worry about there. He's going to be a wide receiver one this year. Um, his time's coming, it's probably coming this week, but Emmanuel Sanders and Cole Beasley, you know, I know Beasley had the whole, you know, COVID issues, um, you know, that all that concern that, you know, sent him spiraling down the draft board in, in August. Cause people were like, Oh, is this guy even going to be here if I draft him? Well, look, he's just pumping out 10 catch games now again, just like last season, probably on his way to a, a 90 catch season. And he's probably sitting on the back end of a lot of people's benches. So high-powered pass offense. Buy all the shares you can of all these guys. You know what I find crazy? If you look at Brian Dable and his history as a as an offensive coordinator, like from 2009 with Cleveland, like he was in Miami in 2011, 2012 Kansas City, which you know may not count because it's Kansas City; they do their own thing. But like then Buffalo the last four years, he's always been sixth, sixth, fifth, sixth, sixth. In, in rushing attempts, last year he was 17th. This year he's 8th, so I guess they're running again. But, like, you look at his passing attempts, 30th, 28th, 28th, 29th, 28th, 24th, and last year was 11th. Like, he completely changed his offensive philosophy when they got Stefan Diggs. And, like, you just got to wonder, like, and now they're now they're 4th in the league in passing attempts. Yeah, they'll be they'll be top 3 all year long. The way but the dude, he just completely reinvented, him, completely yeah. reinvented himself. Totally, totally. But, you know, you go at what you got. So uh, that's, you know, he knows he's got a big time quarterback back there slinging it. And he's got the weapons, uh, you know, this year. And Emmanuel Sanders was a great free agent signing for this team. You get confused when you look up at the TV and you're like, that's not a receipt. What's that number one? What's that all about? It's so confusing this year uh, with all the, the number changes with all the receivers you're so used to seeing you know, certain guys in certain numbers. And it's, it's, it's definitely a big adjustment so far. I forget what game I was watching, but like the defense, there's like number seven, like shouting out plays. And I'm like, that's, that just, it shook me for a second because I'm like, I forgot they're on defense. You know what I mean? He looked like a quarterback and then they pull out and they're like, Oh no, they're on defense. I know what's going on. <laughs> you don't have okay. those moments. <laughs> <laughs> no. Come on, Chris. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's move along. The Bills I don't find super interesting. Although I'm in Syracuse now, as you know, and the Wegmans here sells uh, Josh Jacks, they're called. 
This is Josh Allen cereal if you want me to get you some. Great. Is that a yes? Yeah, please. All right. Definitely. Yeah. All right. I'll get you a box. Uh, let's talk about Robbie Anderson. I believe you requested Robbie Anderson as well. Um, doesn't seem to be there yet. I think people, like, we got some questions. We ran a bunch of waiver wire Q&As this week, and a lot of it was pick up whoever, but should I drop Robbie Anderson? Yeah, everybody's panicking on Robbie Anderson after last week. Rightfully so, after the first three weeks, um, five catches. Um, Here's the thing. And after last Thursday night's game, that was the Twitter talk, um, was – you know, Robbie Anderson dropping him. That's it. I'm done with him. He's not involved in this offense. You got to pump your brakes, people. This happens every season in fantasy. There's certain guys that were top 75 guys on the board, and they just get off to a terrible September. Everybody panics on them. People make bad drops. This is what we have a bench for in fantasy. You don't want to play him. That's on you. But there's no dropping a Robbie Anderson. Okay, this guy's making $15 million a year. Okay, the coaching staff even said we have to do a better job of getting this guy involved. Now, does that, does Sam Darnold play into this? Is he a one read type of quarterback from what I see? Yeah, he is. He's locked in on DJ Moore, and that's okay. Okay, does it look like, you know, they, they switch roles this year? DJ Moore is, is like last year's Robbie Anderson in terms of routes ran and everything like that. But here's the, here's the positive for us Robbie Anderson owners. Two things. And that's you. You're heavily, one, inve- you're heavily invested in Robbie Anderson. I'm heavily invested in Robbie Anderson, okay? And it's been a bad three weeks, no doubt about it. But here's the deal. Christian McCaffrey's out of this offense for at least the next two weeks, I think. Maybe even longer. We don't know, okay? Robbie Anderson, when McCaffrey went out last year, that's when Robbie Anderson really took off. Like, there's going to be those extra targets. All those dump-off passes underneath to, to Christian McCaffrey, Robbie Anderson might get start getting these targets, Okay. So not only is he gonna that, be, is he going to be like Curtis Samuel, or is is it yeah, just going to be like this is where the targets are going to go? They're not going to change his role, right? No, no, right. I, I don't, I don't think so. I just think that there's more opportunities ahead now. You know, with McCaffrey out of the offense. On top of that, you look at their schedule. They're going to Dallas here. Dallas is gonna Dallas is gonna put their points up. Okay, Dallas is a big time offense. Carolina is going to be playing from behind, and I can already see it now. Sunday night, everybody that gave up on Robbie Anderson after week three threw him on their benches. This is the Robbie Anderson 7 for 85 in a touchdown type game. And everybody's like, oh, I, I jumped off the ship one week too early. So I'm going right back to Robbie Anderson this week on my fantasy team. And you if starting he bombs him? out again, well, then guess what? That's on me. I'll eat it again. And then I'll have to come back here next week and say, all right, let's, let's talk about maybe keeping him on a bench for the foreseeable future. You won't do that. You don't have that kind of humility. I do. I don't. You're right. Um, I don't know if anyone cares about splits, but September is Robbie Anderson's worst month historically. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's played 19 games in September, 22 in October, 18 in November, and 22 in December. Um, he has the fewest targets in September, which I mean, you know, it's, it's none of this matters. Smaller I, I hear all these stats like this. Well, you're it's the one who garbage. says these it players start matter. slow. What, what do you I was think every you week. Uh, but, but I mean, listen. He I didn't look this up until team. you said it. I didn't look this up until you said something. But, I'm but trying to help you it's out, It's one friend. of these stats that'll get thrown out that everybody'll be like, oh, what do you think? The teams come in and they're like, you know what? Uh, Robbie Anderson, we'll see you in October. September slow starter. Think. Slow starter. Yeah. Okay. Maybe he's a slow starter. Oh, you know what? I'm not going to help you out anymore. You can you can search stuff while I'm talking. How about that? Well, guess what? This weekend, it's October. So, I mean, here you go. It's Robbie Anderson month. 
What if he's like five for 61 with a touchdown? Is that like, hey, Robbie Anderson hey. is fine? Yeah, I mean, I'll take that as my wide receiver three or flex play. All right. Sign me up. Do you love Sam Darnold as much as I do? Listen, I like I, we talked about it in August. We didn't yeah. understand why Sam Darnold was undrafted in every draft that I was in. Uh, I thought Sam Darnold should be in that QB 15 to 18 range, a solid backup quarterback that you can play in certain situations in this offense. And people that went to him these first couple of weeks were happy with him. They were happy with him again, uh, you know, last week. But uh, I'm sitting him in a couple of leagues where I could potentially play him. I'm not even thinking about him this week. All right. How come? I could see the wheels falling off, honestly. I think Dallas at home just kills Carolina this uh, week. I think they win double digits. You might get a lot of garbage time points out of Darnold. So, um, <clears throat> You don't believe in the Carolina defense like everyone else does? Well, I mean, they take a big loss this week with, with Horn going out, their first-round pick. Uh, you know, he's going to be out for the foreseeable future. They bring in Henderson in the trade in ja- from Jacksonville, so I don't know if he needs to, you know, he's going to hit the ground run and get thrown right in there or, you know, get acclimated uh, to the system. But uh, I see Carolina struggling mightily. It's a 3-0 and team that's a little bit of a farce in, 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 my, uh, in my eyes. I can see the wheels coming off the bus quickly. How weird was that trade? That was weird. Very weird. Very weird. Like Dan Arnold, they they talked him up big time. They did. They talked him up, but they like Tommy Tremble a lot. And, uh, you know, we saw it in the game last week that uh, they're probably like, hey, listen, we're really desperate at cornerback now. Let's make this trade. We have Tommy Tremble that could step in and be our uh, tight end uh, one here. And they move on from Darren Arnold. Another reason to go right back to Robbie Anderson. Less targets in the offense. Yeah. Um, we got some choices. We can go now. We can do the weekly Clyde Edwards Hilaire talk if you'd like right now. Everybody, another another person that ever, you know, I, I was talking to a friend and I was like, it's it's funny how the roles got reversed um, going into last week. Everybody jumped on the Tyson Williams uh, train. Everybody threw Tyson Williams in their lineups and said, okay, now we can trust him after what we saw the previous week. Right, because you had told a great him matchup, and then we also had Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who everybody was jumping off the ship and putting them on his bench and saying, "That's it." After the fumble, it's just not happening. He's a bust pick. And then you know, week three plays out, and the whole flip the script narrative comes in, and now everybody heading into week four is all right. Clyde Edwards is safe again in our eyes, and we can go back to him as a solid RB two option. And everybody's saying, "That's it, Tyson Williams." We're going to have to bench him until we see something else. So, you know, it's a week-to-week league fantasy football, and everything changes in a heartbeat. Um, all right, so actionable item on Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Do you float some kind of offer for him? Like, would you would you trade Terry McLaurin for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire? No. Did you have to think about that, or are you being dismissive? No, I mean, I, no. I I just wouldn't. I mean, we're not looking at a, a running back. I'm, I'm just kind of trying to figure out going forward. Um, you know, Curtis Samuel's coming in for Washington. Maybe that'll take a little away from Terry McLaurin. Uh, maybe that's not the right player. No, but. Terry McLaurin's getting over 30% target share. Heineke is completely locked in on him. Terry McLaurin is a low-end wide receiver one. And, I mean, unless you're completely desperate at running back, you know, you don't make a trade like that. Edward, is, is he going to ultimately be a bust 
Edwards Hilaire. I mean, like he fumbled again and they keep playing him after his fumbles. No, that's great to see. It's great yeah. to see. And, and you know, luckily Andy Reid is the coach and not Bill Belichick because after that early fumble this past week, coming off of the, the, the fumble at the end of the game that cost them the game, I was like, uh-oh, we're never going to see him again. But he went right back to him and he shined and he and he ran hard. He got his touches. He's, he's one of these running backs that's very rare. He's getting the majority of the snaps in the backfield. There is no timeshare. So to get your hands on a running back like Clyde Edwards or Lair is golden. I just wish that he could get more involved in the pass game and, and get a little piece of the pie here in Kansas City. I mean, so week nine, like is Clyde Edwards or Lair, people who have him on their team, are they going to be like, oh man, I messed up big time? Are they going to be like, all right, you know, I just got to start him every week anyway. He's getting me like, you know, 11 points or nine points or whatever. Or are they going to be like, I'm so glad I held on to him in September because he's destroying things now. Like, where is he going to be on that scale? I, I think he's. I think he's going to be a, a low, low end RB one and or a high end RB two. I think he's in that eleven to sixteen range every week going forward, rest of the season. So just kind of whatever. I, I mean, if you think RB eleven to sixteen is whatever in today's well, fantasy for what, what world, might, then I what mean, you paid. I don't know. Huh? What you expected from him, what you paid for him. Like, it's not no, 11 no, to 16 that's what is you boring paid. to me. That's what you paid for him. That's what you – all right, so he's RB2 the rest of the season. All right, yeah, all right. Like, I just want to know, like, is that – That's exciting. I'm giving you an honest opinion, Nando. That's, I know, and I'm, tr- I'm trying RB11. to say that's you not exciting. You can't say that means nothing. Like, to get a top 15 running back on your fantasy team, you you would give your firstborn for nowadays. Like, yeah, but I'm saying RB, I, To get a top 20 running back is, is gold. But if I paid a dollar for something – and six months later, it's still worth a dollar. I'm gonna be like, okay, not exciting. That's okay, all I'm saying. Like, second, you know what okay, I mean? Okay, he was a second round draft pick, so I don't know where you paid a dollar for Clyde Edwards. I'm, I'm giving you like a, a parallel. I did. I'm just saying uh, his value is not going to jump up. You're not going to be like, oh, Edwards Lair is now RB seven. Like he's having this great run of games through October and a little bit of November. He's just kind of like plateaued, basically. Yes. All right. That's all. That's all I was asking. Jeez. You're right. Sometimes I gotta okay? get aggressive with you. I, I mean, you say some outlandish things. It's not outlandish. I find if I had an RB eleven to sixteen that I valued right around there, maybe even a little higher going into the season. Some people are high on him, you know. And by week nine, he's still just an RB eleven to sixteen. I mean, I'd be fine with it. It's just kind of like okay, whatever. You know, great. He's not this amazing leap forward second year back that a lot of people might have expected in the, like in one of the greatest offenses in the NFL. No, people drafted him in the second round, hoping that he would produce first round numbers, and it hasn't happened. Right. So I'm just asking if it's going to happen. That's all. Jeez. <laughs> How's the bar? Going well. Great. All right. It's going yeah. great, Nanda. Thanks for coming. I, I haven't had a chance. I mean, the last what year and a half? Well, there's been a pandemic for all of it. We've, we've been open for six months. I haven't seen you. You know what? You want to go through text message history? And no, talk I'm going to talk about fantasy yeah? football for our listeners right. at home. Because we can't. I just, I just want That's the listeners want to, to know. They don't I care. tried to go to Chris's bar a bunch of times. I know. At 10 in the morning. It was like 1 p.m. <laughs> anyway. Uh, all right. Let's. Well, we, you brought up Tyson Williams already. Um, the Marquise Brown drop-a-thon. Do you think that's going to affect oh, Lamar Jackson looking hands. at him at all? He's, yeah. back, he's back to Compton Brown. He's not Hollywood anymore. Uh, you know... 
We get the news today that Bateman and Boykin are both coming off of IR. Um, I don't know if they're going to play right away in this offense, but I'd be trying to sell high uh, on Brown. Even though with the drops, he's produced solid numbers these first couple weeks. If you can unload him, I would trade him away. Uh, I don't know how this offense is going to support all these guys, but it's a, a huge boost for Lamar Jackson uh, getting Bateman and Boykin into the uh, the lineup. Um, we saw the Mark Andrews season start to turn around here, get those targets involved, but those Marquise Brown drops were painful because two of them would have been touchdowns, and uh, it could have been a much bigger day for Lamar Jackson and the Ravens offense if he could hold on to the ball. It was sad. like it was sad watching those highlights. Mm-hmm. Do you yeah. watch Red Zone? What do you, you have? All the TVs in front of you, right? Well, I, no, we have we have both things on. We have we have Red Zone, uh, one of the TVs, our main TV on the Red Zone channel, and then we have as many games on as possible that we can uh, put on the uh, in the bar. So we get a little bit of everything. I've been watching NFL Network instead of Red Zone this season, and not like not cheaping out. Like I got Red Zone. But I end up watching NFL Network. It's got like a much more full presentation. I feel, I like I know you, what's going on in the games. NFL, I don't want to get too far into this because I want to talk as many players for our listeners as possible, Nando. But yeah. you watch NFL Network during Sundays. Yeah, have you? I don't. What, you, dude, I've never. I, I'm just asking because I've never ever once for a second put on NFL Network during a football Sunday. But what do they play? What do they show you? It's amazing. It's like it's just like a, a more in depth red zone, like. So they're showing you live plays as they as they're happening, like yeah, or they, yeah. And then they recap, and then you. So know, what's they, the difference they, between that and red zone? I just think, I think it's better actually, and like they'll have like Terrell Davis like giving commentary. They have, the stats on the side are much better. The stats across the bottom are much better. I got stuck on a plane once on a Sunday, and I'm like, great, there's no red zone, uh, but they had NFL Network. I think it was JetBlue, and I watched. It. I'm like, oh my god, this is amazing. How come no one talks about this? You should check it out. It's I think it's really. It's almost like a mini sports I've never heard for every one game. person in my life ever say what you just said. So I'm going to say that you're wrong on this one. Well, maybe because everyone's watching Red Zone and don't realize that this NFL Network. Okay, I've never heard anybody be like, yo, today was an awesome day. NFL Network was killing it during Sunday. Like, uh, you, I, I mean, you that. say it mockingly, but, right. but that's how I feel. Yeah, you can take okay. those words and quote me as that. Okay. Put it on one of the TVs. And you'll see. I won't. All right. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go to Najee Harris. <laughs> Najee Harris. Go ahead, buddy. Who's more frustrating, him or Clyde Edwards-Hilaire? Why is Najee Harris uh, frustrating? I think because he's playing all these snaps, and it's it's not his fault that he's frustrating. I think. I mean, I know he's catching passes, and maybe this is a question more for like the .5 PPR crowd, but uh, like they, everyone just knows what's coming. I think I saw a stat somewhere yesterday about how he's just getting hammered behind the line of scrimmage. Yeah, because oh, like, his offensive first... line sucks, and everybody wanted to act like that wasn't going to be like a major factor, but you know, get ready for... 24 carries for 65 yards games. Is that not frustrating? Is that frustrating? Yes. But is catching nine balls out of the backfield on dump passes frustrating? Absolutely not. Is seeing him never leave the field and play 95% of the snaps every single week and be a workhorse top 10 running back frustrating? Absolutely not. So there's nothing really frustrating about Harris. You hope that the offensive line is a little better, but you roll him out there every week as an RB1, and he was a very, very good um, uh, uh, draft pick late in the first round this year. Do you think if Roethlisberger finally gets knocked out of a game this week and like admits like this pictorial is really bothering me, I can't do anything here, mm. and the, you know, backup comes in, um, 
would that change the Najee Harris fortunes a little bit? Because they're now, you know, no. you can't just you can't just say that like this guy can't throw. Let's just cheat and put men in the box, right? Like, I know everyone loves Roethlisberger and he's so tough, but so you think that Roethlisberger getting knocked out and them going to the backup Mason Rudolph would help Najee Harris? Is that what, did the offensive line change at all? Or no, but I think what, like what there would happen. You, how is how is Ben Roethlisberger keeping defenses honest right now? Like he's you know he's not going to bomb it out because mm-hmm. he you know so like you know he's going to go short passes. You know, I mean, you talk about dink and dunk with Detroit. Pittsburgh's kind of stuck, man. Like it was Deontay Johnson's out too. Like this well, is hopefully this is he's a- back. Uh, they said he was going to start practicing again uh, today, as well as Juju Smith Schuster with the uh, the ribs. So I think this offense gets uh, back to being healthy. And they're playing the Packers defense this upcoming week, so it's all systems go. And uh, no, as for Harris, yeah, he's going to have his games where you know he's getting hit behind the line, and there's a lot of you know one yard, one yard, one yard, ten yards. You know, you're going to have to deal, but the volume is there, so you you know you take it. Every uh, there's a lot of players this year, especially at the running back position, that's coming with warts. You know. If your name is not Derrick Henry right now, you really can complain about a lot of things at the running back position. The Derrick Henry thing is so weird on so many levels, right? Like Arthur Smith suddenly likes a Cordero Patterson when he had no style at it all in Tennessee. And then Tennessee suddenly is throwing passes to Derrick Henry, which is what Arthur Smith could like is showing that he could have done all this time now that the way he's using Cordero Patterson. Like it's just so mind blowing to me, like this weird Arthur Smith paradox, right? Doesn't that isn't that weird to you? Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, I think Arthur Smith is, is a little in over his head right now, and um, we'll see. But he's you know he's going with what you know he's he's got limited options here, and you know Ridley and Pitts have been a little bit of underachievers through the first three weeks. But the way this team is set up, those two guys, they, I I see better days ahead. I'd be buying low as low as you possibly could on both. How about Mike but Davis? The backfield, the backfield. I, I I know you're not a big Pitts guy, but listen, I am. I got Pitts on all my teams. Oh, all right. I mean, listen, there's better days ahead for both. Of you these you guys. actually convinced me on the show yeah. to do that. Listen, Frank. last week was very very concerning. You know, he had like he had zero catches going into like the midway through the fourth quarter, and I'm like, this is gonna be like, is he is he just gonna bust? Like, what is going on? But. The targets are limited in this offense. There's better days ahead for Ridley and Pitts. Let's hope that the first three weeks were the slowest of, you know, their season. Uh, Mike Davis just, it's, you know, he was such a smart fade, I I think, in this, uh, you know, this season. A lot of people, a lot of smart people were off of him and and ignoring the fact that he's going to get a ton of volume and everything like that. This the biggest surprise to me is like you said Cordaro Patterson, your guy, credit to you. You jumped on him early and he's he's a serviceable, you know, RB2 now on leagues where he's RB eligible and he's, you know, flex worthy uh at the at wide receiver position. I'm just shocked that, you know, Wayne Goldman just can't get a look, but I'm still holding on. This is for deeper leagues for the people listening. I'm still holding on to all my Wayne Goldman shares because I just have this feeling. Maybe it's a gut feeling. We look up in week nine, ten, and Wayne Goldman is leading this backfield every week. Just a hunch. I like it. Yeah. I mean, I got a lot of crap for, well, Wayne Goldman was one of my sleepers back when he was on the 49ers. 
Yeah, and it's tough to hold back, and it's tough to hold a guy like a Wayne Goleman on your roster. But I play in a lot of, you know, obviously deeper leagues, 20-man 20, 20 leagues, So, and he's my RB6 or 7. So you could stash him. It's like a stash because the, the waiver wire is barren in, in deep leagues. Barren, completely barren. There's nothing there. And it's easy to drop a Wayne Goleman and go get yourself a, a wide receiver with a little upside. Maybe you're hurting at the receiver position, and this week you're like, hey— Sterling Shepard's going to be out, and Slayton's probably going to miss time. Let me go drop a Wayne Goldman for Kadarius Tony. But you're going to kick yourself in week nine just to get this maybe possible one good game out of Kadarius Tony this week. Just a gut call, but I'm holding on to all my Goldman shares and hoping that I get a, you know, a solid running back down the stretch out of this Atlanta offense. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's stick with the, the Giants, actually, because you brought him up. Uh, I get no indication that they want Kadarius Tony anywhere near a role. I, like, Colin Johnson came out swinging last week out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, not, not out of nowhere, because, I mean, he had, a, he, he had some great games with Jacksonville, and that was, like, such a surprise cut. Um, and I'm looking, you know, the Colin Johnson, Giants, what is going on? Like, this is, it's supposed to be two catches for 30 yards, not leading the team in targets. Mm-hmm. Um, Daniel Jones likes him, man. Like, what's... What's stopping you from saying Colin Johnson instead of Kadarius Tony? Not much, honestly. Um, you know, I think they're neck and neck as pickups this week. Um, I don't know how long it's going to be is, is really the major factor here with when, when you're looking at the Giants. You know, uh, Evan Ingram is back into this offense. If Shepard only misses a week, I can't really go in on either of these two guys heavy. Nobody could. Nobody can. You know, Tony will fill in the Shepard role. And then what? Shepard's back next week, maybe? And you just wasted fab money on Tony for a one-week tough matchup versus the Saints. Colin Johnson, yeah, I would like to, you know, pick him up and maybe play him this week if the other two are out. But again, Ingram, Shepard, Kenny Galladay, the three of them, when the team is at full strength, what's he playing? The fourth string role, and he's back to, you know, being the... uh, you know, forgotten man that's sitting on the bench, uh, you know, in, in a week or two. Is Galladay by low? Galladay's got like absolutely zero buzz and probably Galladay's still getting comfortable weird, in the man. offense, right? G- Galladay's weird. I have zero shares of Kenny Galladay. Um, you know, <laughs> that, that this it was so weird this past Sunday, that early report early in the day on Sunday about his snaps were going to be dialed back big time it seemed like he was getting punished for the outburst on the sideline the week before in Washington and then he goes and leads the team in receiving probably you know because of the slate and injuries they had you know they had to rely on him I don't know if it's just a bad fit and it's going to be a terrible free agent signing and he's in over his head there he's like "Uh oh like I don't like the mix here the play call and he seems like he's a diva so it's just a bad vibe Right there with Kenny Galladay. Well, he was yelling at uh, he was yelling Jason at Garrett, Garrett supposedly. Yeah. yeah, but I believe still. it. I believe it. It looked like Daniel Jones. Was like, all right, I'm out of here, man. <laughs> you keep yelling at him. Yeah, pretty much. Um, we don't have a ton of time left in the show. 
Um, I was just wondering how much you pay your lawn guys before we get on to the next player. <laughs> do you tip them at Christmas? I bet you do. Chris Vaccaro is a good tipper, everybody. I know Thank that you, much. Nando. That says a lot uh, about someone. Yes, I do tip yeah. them well. Thank you. I used to work for a lawn and tree service. Oh, uh, that's special. Yeah. Well, it was. Actually, it was great. It was the most jacked I've ever been in my life. Uh, hauling around logs all so day. So a major, major fall from grace, huh? It really has. Yeah, it's sad. Sorry about I wish, that. I wish you would have known me back then. Maybe you'd respect <laughs> me more. Uh, <laughs> Jonathan Taylor <laughs> is like your favorite player to bring up. Um, and again, like it was preseason when Wentz was hurt. When we were actually in the same exact situation as we are now, where Carson Wentz is hurt and Quentin Nelson's out. Um, where, like, where are we now on the Jonathan Taylor scale? I mean, yeah. there's not much. There's not much you can do, right? Like, you're just like exactly. Gonna, there's not yeah. much you can do. Um, this is what I've been telling people all week. There's not much you can do. You just have to sit there and bite the bullet and um, and hope that you're getting somewhat solid RB2 production in your fantasy lineup. He's not going to be, you know, we drafted him as a first rounder pretty much in all our drafts. He's not going to be that guy that is 25 carries for 140 yards and two touchdowns every week type of running back, at least for the foreseeable future. I'm hoping this Quentin Nelson um, high ankle sprain doesn't keep him out for a long time. The The offensive line is already a mess without Nelson. It's falling apart. Uh, he played less than 50% snaps last week. Hines is playing way more of a major factor. The team is trailing a lot, so Hines is on the field more than Taylor. It's a complete early season disaster if you're a Jonathan Taylor owner. Um but what can you do? You're not going to bench him. You got to keep rolling him out there and just hope that you don't take these five and seven point games types. You know, you got to hope that he falls in the end zone on a weekly basis and saves his uh, a week and, you know, you know, limp to 15 point weeks from the guy for the, for the foreseeable future until he's hopefully a second half boom. Are you, do you not like to trade this early? I know you're in like a lot of high stakes leagues. You don't you don't trade at all. Um, not allowed. But in your home leagues and stuff, like like I do, I do like do to. I, I do, I do like to not trade early. I'm sorry if I right. So you don't word. like to trade. Yeah, early. I like to yeah, sit back and <laughs> that's I don't want to. Easier way to say it. Yeah, that was a bad way to say it. But regardless, <laughs> yes I, to your question yeah, the, the of offers no, start I'm not coming to, in yeah. from you know the owner the the offers start coming in from owners that are panicking. I always like to say, listen, I like to trust my, you know what I did on the draft board just three weeks ago and not be like, oh my God, I was so wrong. And and like, you know, the Robbie Anderson effect and be like, oh my God, that's it. It was just a complete bad move. I go back and I look at all my draft boards during the week. It's a bad sickness I have. And just be like, oh God, I wish I would have just taken this player here round eight instead of this guy, you know, stuff like that. And it sickens me that my Jonathan Taylor teams, because I left Derrick Henry on the board on those two teams that I have Jonathan Taylor and that I can raise my hand and say that is not going to turn around and not look terrible all season long. It was just a bad decision. It's just a bad call. And, um, you know, you just have to bite the bullet. Yeah, but you, so um, here's the thing about, here's the thing about Derek Henry. And by like, this is, uh, I don't get to write anymore because there's just too much work on the back end now, but you know, I still have these kind of weird ideas that I like to bring up on the show. Um, Derek Henry, man, like is not, I mean, he's never gotten 25 targets in a season, never caught more than 20 passes in a season. And he's already got 13 and 12, right? I wonder if them having him, and this might just be, I mean, like, you know, I know these are elite athletes and everything, but 
if them having him catching passes, are they just going to set him up to get popped and hurt one game? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not hoping for it. And I just, I'm just worried about it. I'm just worried about it, man. Like, it's the it's guy's just, just such a beast, though, man. The defenders they bounce off of him, and and I mean, barring like a high ankle sprain injury or something like that, the guy just seems like he's one of these running backs that just dodges injuries like and but you're making him a target that's what i'm saying before yeah i mean but it's i i listen you can't really say that nando if you if you're giving this guy 35 carries like they did in seattle well i mean he can't get hurt on one of these 35 carries getting banged by uh, defensive linemen and linebackers it's it you're not wide open because he gets a screen pass and, yeah. uh, and a defensive back that weighs 200 pounds is gonna hurt him no, Wide open and vulnerable, no, man. That's what, no. yeah, yes. So screen passes are going to be the reason why Derrick Henry gets hurt. No, I, I, I mean, we're talking I'm fantasy sorry, man. here. So, I mean, the guy can get hurt getting out of bed in the morning. But, you know, fantasy-wise, he's involved in the pass game now. Uh, it's it's just he's locked in as the top two running back off the board. And, probably, and he's number one, actually, every week going forward for me with McCaffrey out for the foreseeable future. And Dalvin Cook. Imagine, like, the, we've lost the top two running backs already. Uh, I don't know what Cook's status is going to be, if he's going to make it back this week. Um, but already in week three, no McCaffrey and no Dalvin Cook. It's crazy. And Derrick Henry, still king. He's taken over the throne. As he's the top fantasy running back that you want. Should PPR people have respected more the fact that he just gets a bunch of rushing yards and a bunch of touchdowns yes. and he doesn't get hurt? And yes. that's worth something? Like yes. Who cares if he doesn't catch passes? 100%. And you know what? Next year, I don't know what the narrative gonna, is going to be, but the narrative gained so much steam through the offseason about, you know who we're going to fade? Derrick Henry. Back to back. He's 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 going to break down. He's got way too many carries the last two years in a row, plus playoff games, and it's just too much. And he doesn't, he doesn't catch balls out of the backfield, so let's fade him in PPR leagues. And it was just the wrong read by so many smart people and and dumb people. I don't know. It's it's just a, it's a, it's my biggest regret on the board because I've been a huge Derrick Henry owner the last two years and loved every second of it. And I've went away from him this year. And um, you know, we we all have good fades and we all have good buys. And he's definitely my highest bad fade of the season. Have you fallen asleep with printouts of draft boards on you? Has that happened yet? Yeah. Yeah. Like you just wake up at three in the morning and like you're, all the <clears> sheets are rustling around you. You're like, what happened? Yeah. I don't even know where you come up with this crap now, though, honestly. Well, I see, it's, like, it's just you're so talking weird. about it. It's like an old yeah, lover. Wrestling. Like, yeah, no. What do you think? They're like printouts? No, I'm yeah. looking at them on a computer. Uh, yeah. So that would be the first thing, right? I've, I've done drafts with you before and like you're a paper guy, man. It just, it just seems like something you would print, you would print out. Uh. <laughs> and bring to bed with a glass of whiskey. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, and run it's your like, fingers, run it's your like fingers you're over it. Through my window, no, no. It's like oh, you're so looking through my window. I'm part of your lawn crew now. Yeah, yeah. No, what I, is I, under I, that I, window, I, man? How much brush do you have there? They were there for like 20 minutes. Oh, you heard? Yeah, I mean, that's why you obviously said it. But yeah, I mean, I feel no, like no, we didn't. We definitely like didn't the, hear anything. I feel like every week now, uh, the you know the landscapers are here at that at this, at this exact <laughs> hour we're doing the recording of the pod. Don't worry, man. I'm sure that low hum won't show up uh, in the final product. <laughs> do your uh, do your magic, DVR. Yeah, I don't think you can do that kind of magic. Oh. Uh, I wanted to uh, end the show with what I like to call 
the little corner of time that Chris allows Nando to talk about a random player who's very deep that he'll immediately dismiss. Um, oh, Nick I didn't give you like seven minutes on Khalif Raymond earlier in, in the the uh, the show. Well, I don't know. You sent me a text yeah. about moving on. I don't know which, that, who that refers to. Probably, Probably everybody. Khalif Raymond. Yeah. All right. How about Nick Westbrook Akeen? There we go. Here's the, here's what I'm looking at. AJ Brown's hurt. That fourth Julio's quarter, no Julio Jones. I, you know, I don't know what was going on there. Like with the quotes and like, why would you be so coy about these? Like, just be like, yeah, he was hurt. Or yeah, you know, I didn't want to play him in the fourth quarter because AJ Brown got hurt and we knew Julio's fragile. Mm-hmm. And so if I lost two guys in a game, I'd look like an idiot. Um, so I don't know how to approach this, but like Nick Westbrook, Akeen's like uh, these show me games. These guys are having Colin Johnson, Nick Westbrook, Akeen mm-hmm. have to be worth something, man. Right? He played 53 snaps. He's got the, yeah. he's tied for the team lead and touchdowns now. Yeah, he's one. a solid pickup. He's a solid pickup. If you're running waivers, uh, you know, on Wednesday night, um, like most normal leagues. Do you mean um, that? What? Do you mean that? Yes. Oh, all right. Oh, I should have yeah. brought him up I earlier. Mean, AJ Brown is going to be out, and, and so it, most likely Julio is probably looking 50-50 now. So someone's got to catch the ball, right? Uh, I mean, Derrick Henry can't get 47 carries. So, you know, Tannehill's a sit, though. Even versus the Jets, I wouldn't play Tannehill. Man, the Jets, these your guys Jets out are of the such lineup. a AJ right Brown, by the way, such a huge disappointment. In, in he's he's my biggest disappointment so far in, in fantasy because I was so all in on him late second round as my wide receiver one, and uh, it's it's been three rough weeks and probably another two now with his hamstring injury. So if you're an AJ Brown owner, it has not been a solid September, and it's been a bad pick on the board. This is inadvertently turned into like the Chris Vaccaro regrets show. Like we just play some regrets. sad violin throughout I've everything had a you few. say today. Yeah, that's the isn't that the, is that Sinatra? Yeah, right. Regrets. I've had a few. I, I don't. I don't know any Frank Sinatra songs. Okay. Sorry to hear that. <laughs> However far to few to mention. I'm surprised yeah. you didn't bring up Mike Williams three for three. Uh, yeah. Well, I was gonna save him till the end. Okay. Till the very end, the Chris Vaccaro gloats section that we have. Yeah, well, hey, listen. If I take my lumps like AJ Brown, I gotta, I gotta take my little mini victory lap so far with Mike Williams and Cooper Cup. Yeah, you, you're. I mean, you're really good at this. What does that mean? Uh, <laughs> you're good at this game. I mean, you're very good at bragging. No, but you're also, I mean, you're listen, really good at the no, game no, of fantasy. No, 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 no. no. I, I'm listen. There's, you, you know, you could say, "Oh my God, he's great." Oh my God, he's terrible. Just depending on what teams of mine you look at, it's like. You know, it's as simple as a couple of names I just mentioned. A lot of my teams were round two, A.J. Brown, round three, Cooper Cup. Those were my main targets in round two and my main target in round three. So if you want to look at my A.J. Brown pick, I'm a moron. If you want to no, look AJ, at me AJ Brown's an incomplete. Cooper Cup up to the early third round and getting my hands on him as many leagues as I can, I look like, you know, I look smart. So would, it, it's all depends, you know, did I take, here's another one for you. Cause this is my, my eighth round targets in, in every league. My eighth round target that I wanted as my wide receiver five was Mike Williams or Elijah Moore. The delete, the teams that I took Elijah Moore over Mike Williams to diversify. I look like an idiot. The teams that I took Mike Williams over Elijah Moore. I look like a genius. So it's, it's both ways. I hate the people in this industry that are, you know, the, the put your chest out, only talk about your your um, 
your great picks and everything you did right. I'm the first yeah. one to stick my hand out and say, nope, I'm, I get things wrong just like everybody else. And those are two perfect examples. A.J. Brown versus Cooper Cup, Mike Williams versus Elijah Moore. High on all four as high can be. Four main targets. Two have worked out great. Two have worked out terrible. There you go. A.J. Brown's, AJ Brown's in it. I'll give you an incomplete on A.J. Brown because... Oh, I hope so. I, I just want to get him back. Listen, you know what sucks about being an A.J. Brown owner besides the first three weeks? Now he misses the game versus the Jets. Most likely the following week misses the game versus the Jaguars. I mean, it, it, you couldn't ask for your wide receiver one to have two better matchups in a row early in the season than, you know, those games, if A.J. Brown is healthy, has eight for 130 and a touchdown or two written all over it. And this game will humble you and put you to your knees. You got to take an A.J. Brown out of your lineup and go down to your bench and take that wide receiver five or six off your bench and put him in and go, well, this guy's not giving me eight for 130 and a touchdown potential. You know, now I got to go from a A.J. Brown to a McCall Hardman. It's it's cruel. And, you know, it's it's tough. It's a battle every week in this fantasy game. You're, a lot of my teams are Jerry Judy fourth rounds and A.J. Brown second rounds. So now I'm battling. I've lost my number one and my number three. And now I just have to overcome teams that are still have their full firepower coming at you. And you're trying to make way without two of your top three receivers in your fantasy lineup. You know, so it's a tough game. And if you have a cold stretch for these, you know, whatever, two, three, four weeks, you fall too far behind. You look up, it's week seven and you're two and five and your points are low and you're out of the run. You're out of the mix. That's why every week is so important in this fantasy game. We only get 15 of them now. Yeah, but then everybody comes back. It's like making a trade for A.J. Brown. You give up. Oh, nothing. it is. There you go. You and that's the positive. Yeah. That's why if you yeah. stay ahead of the curve, Nando, and you manage to, to you know get through the murky waters while you're hurt, and then you look up and it's week eight, and A.J. Brown's fully healthy, and Jerry Judy's back and, and looking great. And, and the high and showing no real ill effects of the high ankle sprain, and you're five and two, and you get these two guys back in your lineup. Now we're off and running to a championship season. So that's why these weeks are valuable. If you're missing players, you got to figure out a way. You got to make the right lineup calls, and you got to, you know, you got to hope that you're deep and, and you built your bench right and you make the right waiver wire pickups. Maybe you bid a little more on these one week wonders like Colin Johnson. Um, throw him in your lineup. He gives you a seven for 70 and a touchdown. And you buy yourself another week of missing a Jerry Judy or an AJ Brown or a plethora of other guys that are out. You know what I mean? I do. Like, I, I just want to, you know, I, I know we got to go, but it happened to me last week. I'm a Dalvin Cook owner, right? I pick up Peyton Barber for a buck uh, in fab. I look at my bench. My running backs are, are weak. I have a solid other running back. But I'm like, Jesus, it's Sunday morning. Dalvin Cook is out. What am I going to do? I'm going to take like a three-point game out of my running back position without Dalvin in it. It's a heavy wide receiver team and a, and a strong RB1 in Dalvin Cook that carries me. And what am I going to do? And I plug in Peyton Barber and I hold my nose and I'm like, God, please give me less than more than, you know, three or four points. And he pumps out a 24 fantasy point game. It's like I didn't even miss Dalvin Cook for this week. You know what I mean? So you got to get a lot, a little lucky, also in this game. That's true. Um, that's beautiful, man. We should have moved that up. I should have brought up Nick Westbrook Akeen earlier. My bad. 
I felt like I just went on like a 10 minute rant. I don't know. Yeah, I was going to text you wrap it up, but I thought I should just let you go. Oh, well, it was the same thing I was texting you early in the show when you wanted to talk about the same player for, oh, wait, give me eight different Clyde Edwards Hilaire trade scenarios. And would you oh, do it's because you know what? Because you need these details. About? It's like you and Jake, you can never just like take no, a hypothetical Jake, I, listen, and run I get with Jake's for, I know. I listen, I understand Jake 100%. People are listening at home. They want to. Say what we got to say. Move on. It's not a nine-minute conversation on one player and going back, you know, to the well. That's because you need a detail. Oh, well, exactly. Which wide receiver four would this be, sir? Hmm. Like I'm just, I'm just trying to put a vague thing out there, like where his value is, and <laughs> you and Jake, twenty questions. Jake, I feel your pain, buddy. Yeah, all right. I'm sure he's listening. Uh, we gotta go, as Chris uh, alluded to. He just texted um, me. I feel your pain. Actually, he just texted me. I, I know exactly how you feel. Uh, that's fine. Mm-hmm. You know. They'll understand me 20 years after I'm gone. <laughs> They'll talk about me in the, the history books. Chris has got to go open up his curtains and uh, stand menacingly above his lawn I got to go pay my people. landscaper. He's yeah. outside. He's, he's knocking <laughs> on the door. Crossed arms. Hurry it up, guys. <laughs> I really do need to tell him that now. No, don't do that. It's fun. It's part of the show now. <laughs> we got to go. Uh, thank you all for listening. I hope this is helpful. We got to a lot of stuff. Uh, thanks, DVR. For, uh, you know, just being wonderful. Brandon, Mary, and Lee, we'll see you back here next week. Yeah, well, see everyone Brandon. else. Yes, we missed you. Good luck. May your week fours be plentiful. Check out the NFL Network, and we'll see you later. <laughs>